Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ibarra Distre, where our motto is our name, live and learn, brothers and sisters, my goons, and that is what we are all about. I am the Salty Catholic from Salty Catholic Memes on Instagram. Just a quick reminder that our humble page for Vivre Distre is up and running on Instagram, Well, where we'll be making announcements and posts about upcoming episodes, and hopefully to get your input about the episodes which we already have out. Go ahead and give this episode a like and the page a quick follow to be the first to know about new episode releases in the future, which I look forward to sharing with you all. Today's episode is five holy habits for our times. Five holy habits that are guaranteed to help you grow in virtue and holiness in your relationship with God and in your daily spiritual battles. But before we dive in, as always, we open up in prayer. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater noster quies in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat rendum tuum, fiat voluntas tua sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimita nobis debita nostra, sicur et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, ene nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amalo. Amen. In nom... Sancte Familie, Jesus, Marie, et Iosef, orate pro nobis. Sancte Augustine, ora pro nobis. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. And for those of you who are new and do not know, at the end that is us invoking our patrons, the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, to pray for us, as well as our main patron, St. Augustine, to pray for us. So, as we already said, today's topic is five holy habits for our times. Why do we say our times? Well, in case you guys aren't aware, the world is kind of crazy right now. (laughs) It's full of all sorts of degeneracies and hopelessness in the face of virtue and is devoid of all that is holy, all that is good, and all that is of the Lord and of the faith. So, In a way, these holy habits are a way of cultivating our personal prayer lives and private prayer lives in a way that will eventually reflect on the outside and be a light to the world. Let your light so shine before men, and that's what these holy habits are intended to do for us. First up on the list, we have daily mass. Now, this one is number one on the list because... Well, Mass is a not only a reflection of the worship that is going on in heaven, but it is an absolute participation in what is going on in heaven. It is the holy sacrifice where heaven meets earth and all of the angels and saints, archangels, martyrs, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, virtues, and us all come together in this holy sacrifice in just absolute exaltation and acclamation um, as it is the source and summit of our faith, the Holy Eucharist. I say daily Mass because going to Mass daily is a preparation of your soul for the eternity that you will experience in heaven, where you will be in in an eternal liturgy, one that will not end, one that will be constant and continuous, an unending exaltation of the Lord. If you are not in love with the liturgy and the, and the Mass 
on earth, it'll be almost impossible or should be impossible for you to consider loving your time in heaven because that is what the Mass is. The Mass is a reflection and a literal representation of what is going on in heaven. So I recommend going to daily Mass. It is an opportunity for you to receive our Lord in the Most Holy Eucharist daily to grow in that relationship with Him in the Blessed Sacrament, to discern Him more clearly. The more you receive Him, the more you... um, undergo a process which our Orthodox brothers and sisters have coined the term theosis for. You become more like God. You take part in the the substance of God so much that you begin to reflect him and begin to fall into um, this pattern of being with him. So this idea of theosis is, is necessary. It's a key preparation for the eternity eternity that we will face in heaven um, and a slap in the face to our own concupiscence. So number two on the list is weekly adoration or holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament. So the reason I say weekly and not daily is because I understand that most parishes nowadays, although rather unfortunately, um, I've got to say, don't have a 24-7 adoration chapel or they don't have a, a day where um, they adore the Eucharist 24-7. But most parishes um, have at least one day where they'll expose the, the Most Holy Eucharist and the Monstrance uh, through benediction and... and uh, um, have him available and visible to us for adoration, at least for some period of time. And I say weekly adoration. This is a, this is a chance for you to go and gaze upon your Lord, to be in His presence. Um, it reminds me, puts me in remembrance of the, when our Lord was in the Garden of Gethsemane with His apostles, and you know our Lord is is about to go through His passion. His anxiety levels are through the roof. He's sweating blood and he's praying and. He's thinking and and concerned about what's going to come next. He's saying, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he knows what he's got to do. And he's lonely through this whole process. Because what are the apostles doing? They're not praying with him. They're not walking with him. They're not concerned with him. They're sleeping. They're sleeping in another part of the garden whilst he's walking to and fro, worrying about the passion or in deep contemplation of the passion in which he is about to engage for our salvation. And they're just over there having a snooze. We don't want to reflect this part of the apostles. In this moment of the relationship between our Lord and the apostles, we can kind of see ourselves. And in particular, in how it relates to visiting our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. When our Lord is exposed in the monstrance, I don't know if many of you know this, he is not to be left alone. It is absolutely, no, it, it's a no-go. You you don't leave him alone, um, even for a moment. There should always be someone there present with him to adore him, to pray with him, to pray to him, to enjoy his company in this very intimate way. And another perspective to look at when it comes to adoration is... It puts me in mind of romantic lovers. It's like how you can 
um, speak with one another and um, enjoy each other's company. And it just builds that intimate bond between the both of you so much in your relationships. Your relationship just gets stronger and stronger. And, you know, you may have like a date night um, every so often. And the purpose of this date night is to renew this intimate and, and um, spark, it, intimate spark in the relationship that you have engaged in with this person. Um, it's all, it's necessary really to keep the love going because this love is a choice in the same way us loving our Lord is a choice and he desires for us to love him in this way, to adore him in the most blessed sacrament. I don't know if many of you have heard of this, but when he was speaking to St. Margaret Mary, um, he said th this quote exactly, straight from his lips. I so ardently thirst to be loved by men in the most blessed sacrament that this thirst devours me. Let's listen to this again, just for a little emphasis, all right? I so ardently thirst to be loved by men in the most blessed sacrament that this thirst devours me. Wow. This genuine want and desire for us to come before him in the most blessed sacrament, to adore him, to spend time with him in contemplative prayer, to be with him in this most intimate of ways, devours our Lord, devours his most sacred heart. His sacred heart is wounded when we choose not to adore him in this way. How can we possibly, if adoration is made available to us, say no to that? Why could, how could we say no to that? <laughs> daily rosary. That's number three on the list. Daily rosary. And I harp on this a lot. I really do. I, I put a lot of emphasis on number three on this list because daily rosary it's something that has been proclaimed and acclaimed by so many saints and blesseds and venerables of the church in as much that it has really shaped their lives through contemplation on the sacred mysteries which Our Lady has given to us. So it's good to... Let's, let's look at a few quotes here, right? So the, this first one right, right here is from Padre Pio. Padre Pio says... Love the Madonna and pray the rosary, for her rosary is the weapon against the evils of the world today. All graces given by God pass through the Blessed Mother. All graces given by God pass through the Blessed Mother. And this is very true. She is co-mediatrix with our Lord. She is intercessor for us under the intercessor, our Lord. So all of the graces that are imparted to her, she freely flows back to us, to those who are willing to ask for them. I remember, uh, I, can't, I can't remember how it was exactly phrased, but when the miracle, uh, when the vision of the miraculous medal first came and Our Lady asked for this image to be stamped on the... Um, 
on a silver coin or on a medallion. I remember, I can't remember who was witnessing this vision, but they saw Our Lady, who was standing on the globe, standing on the head of the serpent, and her arms were stretched out to her sides, and there were these rays of beaming light that were coming down onto the earth. But there were some rays that were not hitting the earth. And whoever was having the vision said, Well, Blessed Mother, I see these rays which are hitting the earth, and you say that these rays are graces which you pour out to us. What about the rays that do not hit earth? And Our Lady said, These are the graces which people fail to ask for. Wow. The graces that Our Lady is willing to impart to us through her intercession, by, by virtue of our Lord, that we are not asking for. There's, there's so many, so many rays of God's grace are missing us because we're just not asking for it. Another quote that I have here is from St. Louis de Montfort. Never will anyone who says his rosary every day become a formal heretic or be led astray by the devil. This is a very loaded um, sentence or a very loaded statement. And it's actually based on the 15 promises of Our Lady when she gave the rosary to St. Dominic. Um, One of them is that it will destroy vice, it will decrease heresies, and so on and so forth. So in reality, this isn't like a special statement only from his. This is something that he's reiterating from the 15 promises. And I would encourage you all to go read these 15 promises of the Most Holy Rosary. Um, They are given directly by Our Lady, by authority of our Lord. Um, I would recommend a quick read on these to understand why we harp on the rosary so much, why I encourage you all to pray the rosary often. Um, and once you read it, you'll you'll really understand um, why we always say that it, it's necessary and it's a, it's a holy habit to pray the rosary daily. I have a couple more quotes, and I really do want to take a look at this, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on number three, but I really feel that the rosary is just a devotion that we we say we talk about a lot in the Holy Catholic Church and in the faith, um, that we promulgate a lot. But I feel like the weight of the rosary, the true um, identity of it as a weapon in our spiritual battle and our spiritual lives is really being missed. So I have another quote here from St. Louis de Montfort, and he says... This is a bit of a bit of a long one. He says, even if you are on the brink of damnation, even if you have one foot in hell, even if you have sold your soul to the devil as sorcerers do practice black magic, and even if you are a heretic as obstinate as the devil, sooner or later you will be converted and will amend your life and will save your soul if, and mark well what I say, if you say the Holy Rosary devoutly every day until death, for the purpose of knowing the truth and obtaining contrition and pardon for your sins. This is such a loaded statement. Again, it's not something that's entirely unique to St. Louis de Montfort. It's not something that he's um, saying as some profound statement that's just unique to him. Um, It's actually uh, another reiteration of a reiteration and a, and a, um, elaboration on one of the promises of the rosary, again, given by Our Lady. 
And this promise is essentially that those who are devoted to the Most Holy Rosary will not leave earth at their end without receiving the sacraments of the church. Which again is a pretty loaded promise, but we can take this at face value because it's coming from Our Lady, from Our Lord. So, in, in a sense, um, St. Louis de Montfort's not saying something that's just completely, you know, uh, out of the blue. No, it, it, it doesn't matter how how twisted you are. It doesn't matter how much your life is in ruins. It doesn't matter the depression, the anxiety that you're going through. It doesn't matter all the stuff that you have torn apart in your own life. If you are devoted even to the the Holy Rosary um, in devotion to Our Lady, if you say it every day until the day that you die, you will be saved by virtue of this promise, which has come down from our Lord through Our Lady. Another quote of his, which I think is, is very short and sweet, very simple, but it is also very profound. He says, No prayer is more meritorious for the soul and more glorious for Jesus and Mary than a well-recited rosary. And why is this? Well, one, because Our Lady is always already revealed in past private revelations that the Hail Mary is her favorite prayer to her, her, fa her favorite recitation. One, because it incorporates the angelic salutation and the um, statements of her cousin Elizabeth found in the scripture. And, and the second half is a petition to her for her intercession. So this, this is a prayer that she says that she, she loves above all prayers. So this is this is how it brings, you know, um, a, a measure of glory to her, a measure of honor to her, um, and also there is also a glory and a huge honor that goes to our Lord for those who are devoted to Our Lady through her Most Holy Rosary, um, because you cannot love Our Lady nearly as much as Our Lord did. So loving Our Lady automatically is going to increase a love for our Lord. And it should be just as well for the glory uh, or the honor that and veneration that we give Our Lady um, and so impart to our Lord, uh, who has ordained the rosary and given it to us through Our Lady for the purposes of um, greater devotion to her and uh, growing in grace. So the, this is the last quote that I'm going to read, I promise. But it's from Our Lady herself to Blessed Alan de la Roche. She says, When you say your rosary, the angels rejoice. The Blessed Trinity delights in it. My son finds joy in it too. And I myself am happier than you can possibly guess. After the holy sacrifice of the Mass, there is nothing in the church that I love as much as the rosary. And this really gives highlight to, again, what, what she said in past private revelation concerning the Hail Mary being her favorite prayer. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, it really just highlights uh, the power of the rosary and how it's not merely just a focus on Mary. And in fact, it's, it's not a, just a focus on Mary at all. It's a focus on the entirety of the gospel 
and the lives of Jesus and Mary through a Marian lens. It's a meditation on these mysteries. <coughs> oh, goodness, excuse me again. It's a meditation through a Marian lens of these sacred mysteries which she gave to us uh, from our Lord. So in this way, it does bring the Blessed Trinity uh, glory and our, um, our Lord Jesus Christ glory as well. So, moving on to number four on the list, is reading scripture daily. I have a short quote in Latin from St. Jerome, I believe. Ignoratio scripturarum, ignoratio Christi est. Very short and sweet. It means ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. If you are... I hear a lot of people nowadays, especially Catholics, who say that they cannot hear the voice of God. You know, they may go to Mass every week. They may <clears throat> pray the rosary every now and then. They may engage in so many different prayers. And But they, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I can't hear God. I don't hear Him speak to me. Um, and sometimes this even causes them to leave the church, believe it or not. Well, my response is always this. Well, where's your Bible? Oh, well, uh, it's on the shelf. And um, uh, when's the last time you read your Bible? Uh, it's been a while, you know. I read it at Mass. So it's important to know that when you're reading Scripture, it, it is the Word of God. You are hearing God and the inspiration of the Spirit coming alive through these sacred texts. You are, it's not like bibliomancy where you can just flip to a page and point at a word and there you go, you have your answer, your prayer. No, 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 it's um, rather God speaks to us through that which is already in Scripture. In reflection and um, reflection in comparison to the things which we are going through. So it's not necessarily us interpreting Scripture or the meaning thereof. It's us seeing the events, the decisions, the choices that are, are made by those in Scripture. It's seeing the words of comfort and, and words of preaching which are imparted by the apostles and being able to understand them as being just as relevant to us today as they were relevant to those in that period of time. And I, I also hear a lot of Catholics saying, you know, well, I, I, I go to Mass on Sundays, and, you know, we do the Scripture readings there. Well, that's great. That's brilliant. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're paying attention to the Scriptures at the Mass. That's, that's awesome, but that's not enough. Let's set it up in this way. Our Lord says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the mouth of... Uh, the words that proceed from the mouth of God are in Scripture. So, using this analogy, if we call Scripture bread, and you're only being fed this bread one day a week, you are spiritually starving. If it was a physical situation, you would be so weak, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be possible for you to function. In the same way, we need to understand Scripture to this level. Just reading a little bit in a week is not enough 
to feed our souls for the rest of the week and moving on towards the next week to come. Not knowing what scripture has to say, not knowing the interpretations of the magisterium and uh, alongside sacred tradition is dangerous for our Catholic faith. Not knowing the scriptures ourselves and hearing them being preached by Protestants is often what leads Catholics um, away from the Catholic Church and towards Protestantism because they're being fed scripture by Protestants. But the unfortunate part is that the interpretation is wrong. They are hearing scripture, they are being fed bread, but unfortunately, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know why I'm coughing so much, but, but unfortunately the bread that they're being fed is not only not enough, but it's, it's just not satisfying. Like they're eating a little bit, but they're not satisfied to their core. The satisfaction in our souls as it, as it relates to understanding scripture can only come from the divinely revealed teaching which Holy Mother Church has as it relates to scripture. Moving on to number five on the list, and this is a very small one, and people might not even think of this as a, as a holy habit, but daily morning offering, a daily morning offering. Um, here, let me find my prayer book real quick. Actually, do, 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 So a daily morning offering is really a necessary and a vital way to kick starting your day in prayer and really just starting it out right. I remember it was St. John Vianney, I'm pretty sure, who said, if your day is not starting out in prayer, it makes it far easier for the evil one to get a hold of the rest of your day. I think that's really, it was a really powerful statement. In fact, when I read that, I was like, wow, that is like, that's really deep, honestly, because most days, you know, um, I might start out with the sign of the cross and a very small uh, prayer to God, but I'm not really offering up the day or, or, or anything to him. I'm not really... <clears throat> offering a very a very profound prayer in which I am consciously and um and lovingly handing everything over to God before the day even starts. So to just give you a little um understanding of what the morning offering is, and many of you have probably already been exposed to it, but we're just gonna read through it real quick. Oh Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in thanksgiving for your favors, in reparation for my sins, for all the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. It really covers all of your bases. You're offering every single aspect of your day, all your prayers, works, joys, and sufferings, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, through her intercession, to our Lord, who can use the things which we are offering to him to impart grace, not only to us, but to those who we are offering intercession for, which is to include um, uh, the intentions of your relatives and friends and the intentions of the Holy Father. 
And sometimes when I wake up, I'm, I also like to include uh, the holy souls of those in purgatory. You know, it's 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 a good way of just starting your day. And before you even have a taste of what's going to happen in the day, before you even know if it's going to be good or bad, you just immediately offer up to the Lord and say, Lord, whatever comes from this day, I offer it to you now with love, with joy, with faith, and with hope. It's a beautiful thing. It's a very pure sacrifice. You have no comprehension of what's going to happen in the day. It could be fantastic. It could be the worst day of your life. But no matter what, you have already offered it up to the Lord. And that is a beautiful thing. All right, brothers and sisters, that is five holy habits for our times. Um, now, before we all disembark for the day, um, it is important that we conclude just as we started. And that's in prayer. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedita tu in mulieribus, et benedictus frutus ventris tu Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Sancte Familiae, Iesus, Maria, et Iosef, orate pro nobis. Sancta Agustine, ora pro nobis. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. God bless each and every one of you, my goons. And just a quick reminder, go ahead and give this episode a like and a page a follow so you can go ahead and have a heads up on the episodes that are coming in the future. Go ahead and check out Salty Catholic Memes on Instagram if you haven't already. And the, our humble page, which has started, uh, I want to say about a week, week and a half ago. Vivere Distre now has its own page on Instagram. Go ahead and give it a follow. Give it a look. Um... And just for a heads up as well on the things that we have coming in the future and let us know how you're enjoying things and what topics that you may want for us to explore in the future. Again, God bless each and every one of you and have a fantastic day.